Hello and welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. In today's episode, I'm joined by Danielle Thornton-Walker, who's a qualified transformational life coach, neurogetics coach and a meditation and breathwork teacher. Danielle helps women to see their own magic, helping them to realign their belief in themselves, to embody deeper self-worth, to welcome a deeper connection to themselves and others, empowering them to rediscover their joy and love in life and themselves and reignite the fire and passion to light up all areas of their world. Danny, thanks for joining me on the Refreshing Change podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is so exciting. Well, I'm glad you could could join us. We've I've named this um, episode "Festive Self Love" because if people are listening to it when it goes out live, it's just in the lead up to Christmas. But I think this is true for for lots of holiday seasons, I suppose. Um, but I was really keen to get your take on how we look after ourselves over the festive or any kind of stressful, busy period. I kind of I've been observing everyone getting kind of. Uh, ramping themselves up for Christmas and all that comes with it so we're going to dive into some good stuff around self-love and how do we look after ourselves but for the benefit of the listeners can you give us a bit of an introduction about who you are what you do what your vibe is and uh, yeah over to you thank you so I'm Danny I am a transformational life coach and meditation and breathwork teacher and my area of expertise is that self-love self-belief and self-worth So I work predominantly with women and it's helping them to put themselves firmly back on the priority list because, you know, all of us have busy lives, but women in particular, I see that we are the nurturers, we are the givers and we give so much to everyone else and we're amazing at that. But often what can happen then is that we fall to the bottom of the priority list and I work with women to help them see that actually they are so worthy of being on that priority list but also when they do make that time for themselves and they give to themselves they become that best version that they're wanting to be not just for them for everyone else Mm. yeah amazing there's so much in that isn't it we'll dive into some of it in a second but it's like the I can maybe mention this in another episode, but it's like putting our own oxygen mask on first, isn't it? You know, if you're on an airplane, you have to, in order to help anyone else, you have to put yourself first and get your own oxygen mask on. And I think often when I, and again, you like say you predominantly work with women, I would assume a lot of them are parents or mothers because, you know, I do see that, especially with friends and people in my network that have got children, you know, putting everyone else, above themselves and and running the family and the household but forgetting about them but actually if you fill your cup up then you know like you say you're the best version of you so I love that Danny I ask all my guests about obviously the refreshing change podcast is all about change um and there'll be lots in our chat about self-love that will hopefully prompt people to make some changes in their life but what does change mean to you how do you feel about it how does it play a role in your life I was thinking about this. I knew you were going to ask. Yeah. So, do you know what? I I really like change. I'm quite, yeah, I, I'm quite on that change train, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I thought, oh, you're going to ask me about this, that I really started to think about how I feel about it. Um, and I'm not quite sure where it comes from, but if I think about it, I've been, I've instigated myself some quite big changes in my life. You know, I've moved about quite a lot. I, I left it, I took voluntary redundancy and went traveling, you know, we, um, I did things a little bit differently that maybe for other people, well, certainly for other people, when I'd say what we were doing, they'd say, oh, that's a bit risky. You know, you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I stepped away from my 15 year career in higher education a year ago, a year ago next week, um, which is exciting. And that was a big change for me. Um, And it did feel daunting. It did feel a little bit scary, but I want to embrace that. I think the only guarantee in life is is change. That nothing nothing ever stays the same. That it's always always evolving, always growing, always starting to change. And for me, I very much want to flow with that rather than than fight against it. Yeah, amazing. A, a lot of people, or I suppose I talk about change being. Um, like intentional or mm-hmm. like quite passive and like you, the things you just listed there are really intentional like you've gone and gone and created that change um I'm supposed to I always think about it like taking the reins of your own life like here's what I'm going to go and do and you mentioned the word risky which I think is interesting when we think of change uh, but arguably with anything we're doing in life there's always going to be risk it depends it's that risk reward isn't it like yeah on the other side of this risk there could be the biggest reward that we don't ever experience unless we take the risk so it's a yeah it's interesting yeah and we don't ever know you know like you said like we don't know anything we don't know the outcome of any of those things but some things seem to feel okay for us and other things seem to feel a bit more scary and that's so individual isn't it because something for me that seems, you know, that's a no-brainer. Of course, I'm going to go for that. Someone else will be like, wow, you know, that's, that is risky or that is brave to, to do. Um, I think, you know, the only times that I've ever found change to be particularly challenging is when I feel like it's kind of been put on me and and it's not even just that when I feel like it's been put on me and it's not in alignment with what my you know my values the direction that I'm going in and then it it truly kind of feels like it's it's you know it's resistance it's kind of button against something that that just doesn't feel right for me yeah and you you said there about like everyone's different and how we what one person feels comfortable with will be totally different to someone else and I suppose that's the nature of us like our own comfort zone isn't it what feels within and out with our own comfort zones and we've I suppose our comfort zones based on our lived experience what we've been exposed to how we've been brought up all of that stuff that makes us who we are will shape what feels comfortable and not for us to do um Mm -hmm. and I think that is you know when we're supposed intentional changes when we're in control and we're making it happen whereas like you alluded to if it's if it's forced upon you not within your control and then it's not in alignment and again that comes back to what I speak to clients about with the refreshing change it's about knowing who we are so you know that that change is going to be in alignment and it is 
linked to what you deeply desire and then you know there's a bit more comfort in that but sometimes things are out with our control are they so yeah amazing so let's dive into the self-love um because I make the assumption that a lot of other people assume self-love is like right I'm gonna pop on a face mask I'm gonna jump in the bath and I'm gonna you know light a scented candle and people then think that that's them doing self-love um and I want to get I've got my own interpretation of what it is but I'd love to hear what yours is and get into a bit of dialogue about it so what how do you define self-love Danny? For me it is you know it does incorporate that stuff that you've just said and I kind of see that's more of the care side of things yeah um self-love to me is acceptance Mm. like it's acceptance like and and that is challenging you know and it's messy at times and it's you know it's not linear a bit like we you know we were talking about before we came on um it's it's that acceptance, like acceptance of who we are, who we truly are. It's the acceptance of where we've come from, what's whatever's happened in the past, whatever's going to happen, you know, the choices that we make. It's that acceptance of, you know, what we look like, what makes us up. You know, we are all unique. We are incomparable. And it's, it's really embracing that. Mm. You know, it's accepting that we're human and so we're going to make mistakes. It's accepting that we, um, you know, we're going to go through all the ranges of emotions and they're all valid and they're all, you know, they're all okay. And it's also, it it links very much with the self-worth and that's why I bring that so much into um, my support for my clients and my practice because when we see that we are worthy, when we see that we are worthy of, you know, of that love to ourselves, of that kindness, of that compassion, um, of the care, of, you know, of having space and time for ourselves, all of those things, that and the self-love go hand in hand together. Mm. Yeah. The, 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 I was writing loads of notes down. I'm getting distracted. <laughs> but, um, it's like you know I was thinking like how how do you summarize it but I love I love that you use the word acceptance but it's almost like and maybe this is a step beyond that but it's like standing in your power like truly knowing who you are and how you show up and how you contribute to the world by just being you and using like that as your superpower rather than you know we've all got strengths and weaknesses or you know things that we love or we don't love do you know but like you said that that's what makes us unique and about embracing that I love that yeah Mm -hmm. Um, self-worth's an interesting one because I am and maybe maybe you see this with with the people you work with Annie but I feel like lots of people are struggling with self-worth at the moment whether they're whether they're um, consciously aware of it or it's like subconsciously, you know, buried quite deep in what's going on and then maybe manifests in different in different ways. I think a lot of a lot of people's challenges or like that self-doubt comes, you know, stems from the self-worth. Is that what you experience with people you work with? 
Yeah, definitely. And quite a common theme is around, you know, I talked about at the beginning, a big part of what I do is helping my clients to prioritize themselves. Mm. And there's so much around that, um, that worth of not feeling, not feeling worthy or deserving Mm. of, of prioritizing themselves, of putting themselves first, of, you know, of, of carving out time, of creating strong boundaries, you know, all of these are part of embedding your self-worth and also um, loving yourself, you know, that self-love. But so many, I, I see it, I see it with my friends, I see it with my clients, I've seen it in myself, like this is why I know this so well, because this was me and this is me still working on this. You know, I still have to work on this because what comes up for me still is, or, you know, if I was earning more money or if I had more clients or, you know, I, I didn't get the, the the comments on a post or something. We all get this. We all look for that outside validation in various different ways. And that can help to or, or that can, you know, lead us to kind of question our own self-worth. But we were born worthy. We were born, you know, we were born all, you know, we are these people like on having this human experience. And in that sense, we are all equal. Now, I know that there's privileges and, you know, that's not the world we live in. There are privileges, but we were all born worthy, all born worthy of, you know, being able to prioritize ourselves, create that space and time, be able to say no when we need to. But I also see what comes up so much and so much of this comes into this self-love is that people feel guilty. You know, that feeling of guilt around doing something for themselves, you know, or celebrating themselves or, um, you know, putting themselves forward for something. They feel guilty around it or feel that doubt or that shame around it. And so think, well, I can't do it because I'm feeling this really uncomfortable feeling. Mm. But what I do with my clients, I spend a lot of time like really delving into those feelings and what they feel like. And Nicola, you know, you know about this, but it's our brain's safety mechanism. Mm. Like it's bringing that emotion up, not because you are doing something wrong, but it's our survival mind that is checking in. Oh, okay. Are you doing something that could you know, that could mean that you're not nurturing or that you're not showing up in your role the way that you should. It's then our choice to then check in and say, no, actually, okay, I am feeling this guilt or this this shame or, you know, or, or whatever it is. But I know that if I do something for me, if I prioritize myself, if I give myself the space and the time, I'm going to feel so much better and I'm going to show up so much better. So we've got to, you know, really becoming aware of those, those feelings that are coming in and then the thought or the story that comes with it and then overriding it and reminding ourselves that we are worthy of having that. And that's a practice, you know, this, this takes time. This has taken me a long time and I'm still working on it. Yeah, and I think on that, like it's sometimes with, with this type of work, there's never we never reach like an end point because the goal I well I believe and correct me if you think differently Danny but I don't ever think that that um inner voice or that inner critic or that self-doubt will 100% disappear it's never that's not the goal the goal for me yeah. is 
to increase the level of awareness so you catch it quicker and can reframe it or support or nurture yourself out of it to start thinking differently but it will think people um you know if you've got the goal to get rid of it altogether it's completely unrealistic um yeah. we're all human um yeah definitely and just on that as well Nicola like the other thing around if the goal is to never feel guilt shame fear doubt any of those things I would say that's that's unrealistic and actually that's not a positive way to be either because if we start numbing our emotions the bad ones the chances are that you're going to numb some of the you know the feel-good ones as well so it's very much around that awareness like awareness of what are those thoughts like you said starting to reframe them and the emotions there's no good or bad ones we just learn from an early age that they're good and bad and we know because they feel they feel a bit more uncomfortable in our body don't they when we have those those ones like guilt and shame and fear and doubt yeah I suppose by numbing them you know they're you know they're still going to be there rather and it it can be like like you say like uncomfortable and unpleasant to sit with those um more maybe negative connotation emotions yeah but being able to sit in them and being able to process that is ultimately like healing isn't it rather than just the suppression and and the kind of ignoring that it's even there um yeah there's so much in what you said that I was going to try and circle back to some of it because the one thing I always think about when you you know like if I've written this is like self I don't know how um how you denote it but like self with a dash and then love and actually if you remove the self part and you just look at love and think about that with another human in terms of a relationship whether that's a family or a friend or a romantic relationship like how we then would treat another person we loved would be wildly different to how we treat our own like how we portray self-love to ourselves does that make sense I don't know if I've explained that very well but I often think um whether it's the inner voice that's going off you know that inner dialogue that we all have you know I say to clients and to friends like would you ever have that type of conversation with your best friend and the answer is no you'd never speak to someone like that or your like behaviors or your habits or you know your daily practices like I I quite often I'm very bad at skipping breakfast that's one of my I need to work on um no judgment here Nicola. no <laughs> I'm rushing out the door to a gym class or something which is not a bad thing but um but, but I think about it like if I had people staying over you know if I had visitors would I all get up and make them breakfast of course I would I wouldn't expect them to leave the, the my house without feeding them so why do I think that that's acceptable to do it to myself you know and, and that's just one small example there'll be loads of other things where we would go above and beyond to help other people but we just don't do that for ourselves and it's that classic you know the the longest relationship you'll ever be in is the one with yourself you know from the from the first breath you take to the last breath you take you know it's you you've got your own back so I just think there's so much in that if you just remove the word self and look at it from a love to yourself rather than self-love if that makes sense yeah yeah I love the way that you've explained that and just just picking up on what you said there around you know how we would show up for other people and how we'd look after them and Mm -hmm. like you said like a lot of my clients are our parents and it's quite an easy way to kind of reframe it 
um, in a way. I mean, it's painful, like it stings like when you think about it. But when you're having that conversation in your head and you're berating yourself for something that you've done or you're, you know, you're skipping a meal or just just wolfing it down like at your desk before you run on to do something else, thinking about if this was your child, would you say that to them? Would you, you know, would, well, you might, you might sometimes rush them out the door to do like food on the way. But do you know what I mean? You'd always make sure they're fed like you wouldn't, you know you wouldn't allow them to skip a meal. Mm. So, you know, often when I say that, like I can see, you know, my, my clients kind of wince because it's painful to think of them neglecting their child like that. Mm. Yeah, we neglect ourselves like that. Yeah. Yes, that's a powerful comparison, isn't it? Um, the, what, you use the word guilty as well around some of those feelings and emotions and about the the lack of doing something for ourselves and like the feeling guilty for taking the time or for putting ourselves out there or for you know going for something and I wondered whether what your take on this is because I've seen it as well and I wonder whether it's uh like a whether it's the boundary of confidence in the ego you know like I think a lot of people particularly when they're putting themselves out there or standing up for you know what they believe in and what they're passionate about and and going after stuff for the benefit of themselves they think well you know the words that come up I think are like um, is it selfish um am I going to come across as arrogant is it you know very egotistical and I do think we've blurred the boundary between confidence and arrogance and actually just stepping into a more confident self I, I talked talk to clients about like the you, you know you could dial confidence way up before you ever reach the level of getting arrogant but people think they're closer to the line than they are and I'm like yeah. because of people's nature and your intention in which that you you, you know you're taking that action if the intention is positive and nurturing and um fills you up you know partly we care what people think which is why we worry about the being arrogant I think for that yeah. fear of judgment so if we can let go of the fear of judgment that helps but I think there's also a bit of we've got so much room to go with the confidence before anyone's getting into that camp of being arrogant and seen as ego driven and egocentric is that something with it, I suppose, linked to the guilt? Do you think it's a confidence issue? Yeah, definitely. That definitely comes in. And I think you're so right in what you've said there that, you know, people, it's almost, and I've definitely, um, I definitely know this in myself, like it's almost like, well, I can't, you know, I can't, um, I can't celebrate myself for doing really well, but I also can't talk too much about, the things that are challenging because other people have got it worse off you know it's almost like that double whammy of like guilt like I can't yeah. you know and then you're kind of stuck in this this space of well I can't talk too much about this and sh it sounds like I'm showing it off and I can't talk too much about this because oh you know poor me like you know I've actually got a really good life and so many people have got it so much worse off and I do think that comes in with that um that ego but also the confidence. Like I remember, I remember growing up, and I don't know if you were the same, Nicola. Like I remember growing up and 
kids saying when it got to a certain age, you know, like, oh, you love yourself. You know, like if someone would say something that sounded a little bit confident. Yeah. And it was always very much like it. And I can only talk about my own experience of, of being being female. But it was very much, well, don't boast too much. No one wants to hear a girl that boasts too much. You know, just just stay in, stay, you know, stay where you are, stay small, stay, you know, stay humble, stay all of those things. And so if you're then trying to push yourself out, you know, whether that's, I don't know, whether that's going for a new goal or going for a new job or something, or it's saying really strong and proud, these are my boundaries and these are not to be crossed Mm -hmm. that goes against what a lot of us were kind of brought up to believe Mm -hmm. which again then the survival mind kicks in and says what are you doing retreat retreat you know don't don't do it yeah Um, and I do hear that a lot with my with my clients around that you know that guilt oh I can't to be you know to be the best mum to be the best wife I need to be selfless Mm. I think what you described there is very, and I don't know what it's like in other cultures, but it's such a British thing, isn't it? For the mm-hmm. old, like, pipe down, don't get overly confident, don't celebrate yourself. It's, a, 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 like I said, for the international listeners, I don't know what it's like <laughs> in, other, in other parts of the world, but it's, you know, it's quite a, it's very toxic trait of being British. But I suppose yeah. what you described, both from the, I suppose, either end of the spectrum, the celebrating or the, here's the, bad stuff I'm dealing with it's then it's then a layer of comparison to then you compare that your stuff to what everyone else has got going on yeah and we're all on our own journey so it's celebrating and I had this with a client this week actually around you know if you're taking up a new hobby for example you don't you know say you're taking up golf right and you're going to go out and you're going to you start on your journey to you know enjoy golf First of all, everyone's got a different reason why we do the thing. You know, Tiger mm. Woods is out playing golf because he wants to be the best in the world. That's not the same for the average Joe that just wants to go and get a bit of fresh air, get their steps in, try something, push themselves out of their comfort zone, have a good sociable experience. So our whys are all very different for why we're doing something in the first place, aren't they? So then everyone's journey is going to look different because the goal's different and where they're at on the journey is different and how much time they've got to commit to that thing do you know so it's so like comparison's so toxic because everyone's very different um so I think that I think that's a real um a real challenge I actually shared in my family whatsapp group last night and I was going to do a post about it I checked the podcast for um analytics last night and we've reached over a thousand plays since I launched the the Refresh and Change podcast which is amazing I'm going to celebrate myself today yeah and what you just described was exactly the dialogue in my own mind like maybe I should pop it on LinkedIn and Instagram and celebrate it and shout about it and then I was like oh but that's not you know nothing compared to some of these other big podcasters and but it's remembering like we're on our own journey and actually celebrating our own wins is so important to build that self-belief isn't it and self-worth it is and it's it's the big and the small wins as well you know 
this could be well as i as i shared with you nicola before we came on i've got no boiler at the moment so i can't do any washing so a win for me today was going to the laundrette to get some washing done honestly you don't know how exciting that is to know that we've got some clean washing that's also dry that can just go away like this it doesn't have to be you know you've you've got the new job or that you've I don't know that you've got a thousand pounds coming into the bank you know celebrate those things as well yes you know if, if that feels good but it's the small wins throughout the day that you can acknowledge yourself for because those things are the things that start to oh it's gonna be goosebumps those are the things that start to build up that belief mm-hmm. that self-worth that self-love in you and we are you know all of those are worthy of celebrating you don't have to put them all on Instagram or on LinkedIn but celebrate to yourself you know whatever that looks like and whether that's you know just sitting down having a cup of tea and thinking yeah I deserve this today because I've done whatever you know or putting your favorite music on and dancing about or you know going to meet up with a friend whatever it is but actually taking that time to mentally or say it out loud, acknowledge yourself. Because mm. that's how we start to build that up in ourselves. Yeah. And also, I don't know the what your take is, but it's also what a win is could look different at different stages in your life. Yeah. You know, like going to the laundry, it's a massive win because of the challenge of not having a boiler. <laughs> like when a boiler yeah. flicks, that wouldn't be a big win. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's very at times it can be situational and I, I I compare this quite a lot um when I had a knee injury and I couldn't run yeah I couldn't run what I normally could but if I went out and did a run that's still worth celebrating so sometimes we have it's like our, our our parameters can change at different times and stages in our life but like you say celebrating all of the milestones um yeah. along the way I, I as well as building the self-belief like you said it also just makes life more enjoyable yeah because yeah. I, I think so often we can set a goal and, we, and and people's and I've done this before in the past we like wait till we've achieved the goal to celebrate but the goal might be like two years from now or 12 months from now or six months from now so what are we going to do just be miserable for six months until we can celebrate the goal whereas actually the any big goal like that will have micro goals that we can you know we can celebrate tick off you know um congratulate ourselves for the win as we go it just makes day-to-day life I think that ultimately is true happiness and joy isn't it rather than the kind of living in the future all the time yeah yeah definitely and I I talk to my clients quite a lot about this around the commitment like celebrating your commitment to it Mm, yeah because then I mean, you're already winning just by the fact that you're showing up. Like, you know, just celebrate that commitment, whatever that looks like, whether that's, you know, if you were building a business and you were showing up on your your social media, sharing something, or you were building like a, you know, a program or a course and the fact that each day, like you're building a bit more content to it, celebrating that. Mm. Because there's no, there's no... um, there's no limit to like celebration it's not like you've only got a certain amount in your bank and then like you know you've lost it like oh there's no more celebrations left Mm. we get to celebrate as much as we want yeah amazing you started alluding to some of the um uh, kind of practices or rituals but 
in terms of um like that self-love obviously I kind of jokingly threw in the face mask and the bath at the start and there is a bit of self-love and self-care that's quite interlinked isn't it yeah. um but what would be your kind of go-to practices or rituals for kind of self-love self-care that that would encourage people on that journey so I suppose practices that I do if I if I start with those so I have I don't have a really strict morning routine because I have a, I have a little boy that I've got to get up and get out of the door but I do have practices that that I do in the morning so for me that is writing a gratitude list so I write down at least five things that I'm grateful for each day and that just really helps me to focus on the here and now but also to really lean into, you know, how, whatever side of the bed you got out of in the morning, how, however you're feeling, it really, it really helps me to, to focus on that. Actually, I've got so much to be grateful for. And some days that's more challenging than others, you know, because we, we feel different, different days. Um, and other days it just flows and I feel like I could write, you know, pages. Um, but acceptance for all of that. So that's, that's one of my practices. I getting outside is a big one for me. Like that's a big part of my self-care. My mental wellness is getting outside. And whether that's just going out for a walk, going out for runs, going out for longer walks at the weekends, for me, being out in nature just really nurtures me. And I suppose it's thinking about what 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 really nurtures you, like what really fills your heart, makes you feel good, and seeing how you can bring more of that into your life. Um, and then and then other things that I do when I've got a bit more time, I am very much the bath and the, you know, and the skincare. I, I love that. I love doing things where I can just relax. It's, you know, I've got a little boy, so I'm not doing that every day, but I do make sure that I commit to myself doing that. And then at the other end of the day, so at the start of the day is my gratitude. At the end of the day, I just have a really simple question to myself that my coach helped me with. And it's just been a bit of a game changer. And it's just, what are you celebrating today? So while we're talking about the celebrations, big and small, but then what is the ripple effect as well? Because often... You know, often we think, well, why does it matter? You know, like particularly if you've had like a bit of a rubbish day and you think, why does it matter what I've done? Why does it matter that I've shown up? But actually reminding yourself that it matters for you. It matters for your, you know, for your family, for your friends, for the wider community. We can all have that impact. Mm. Absolutely. It's almost like when you said that, the thought that came to mind was, it's like living on purpose mm, yeah actually it's so easy to go to bed at night and wake up the next morning and just rinse and repeat every day but actually stopping I love that what what you celebrating today and what's the ripple effect it's like just having that a bit more purpose and intention about about living and about life yeah yeah I love that. Um, so those are my practices. And then I suppose it's just daily, just daily kind of as I'm going about. I mean, I, I do a lot of meditation. That's part of my practice as well. And what's really, what's been a massive game changer for me with meditation is really noticing my thoughts and they're coming in. So even when I'm not meditating, really noticing, especially if 
if my thoughts start to spiral and I start to ruminate over something over and over, it's really pausing and thinking, okay, is this what I'm thinking? Is is it true? Mm-hmm. Is it helpful? Is you know, is it serving me? If it's not, how can I let it go? Mm. Or how can I change it? Yeah. It's interesting. I was speaking to a friend about this the other day. We were voice noting backwards and forwards. And um, we had the, or I had this insight about that inner voice, that those spiraling thoughts that we have in our head. Like 90% of the time, probably more than that, probably like 99% of the time, we've made it up. It's like a, it's like a made up narrative, isn't it? But it shapes how we perceive the world and how we how we feel energetically, emotionally. And it just got me thinking, like, how much of our life are we perceiving through this lens of a made-up story in our head? Yeah. Which, like, blows my mind. Because, like you say, if you ask yourself, is it true and is it helpful? Most of the time it's not true and most of the time it's not <laughs> helpful yeah. <laughs> so we're living like it's like there's a movie going on in our own mind which is not conducive to us living our best life yeah yeah I mean how many times do we play out a conversation with oh, someone all the time mm-hmm. you know this is going to go like this and they're going to say this and then I'm going to say this and this is going to happen and you know and you think oh I'm mentally preparing myself for it but the chance are it's not going to go like that mm. you know how many times do we kind of plan out in our heads something's going to happen and prepare ourselves for the worst and then it doesn't so then we live in it and it's not even happened mm. like we're living all that that feeling all that anxiety fear doubt whatever we've got all the thought you know we basically lived it because our, our brain doesn't know the difference between our imagination and the reality Mm. gone through all of that and the chances are it might not even happen mm. yeah the, the wasted energy that goes into that you yeah. know like if you you think about the energy that you expel going through that process and if you reinvested your energy elsewhere into a bit of self-love or a bit of self-care plus yeah. you weren't having that um spiraling of thoughts you were in a bit more of a positive optimistic mindset you know it it would be a game changer wouldn't it and it's almost the I think about like again comes back to what we said at the very beginning about that confidence in your own superpower and knowing who you are and really valuing and feeling worthy yourself because then any situation or scenario that comes up you don't need to play out the worst scenario in your head because you you, it's like you back yourself with whatever you can deal with whatever comes up yeah in the right way for you um so yeah and and all of this stuff you know I should just say this at this point like because we've covered so much and it's so multifaceted or so layered you know when you start thinking about self-love and getting self-belief and self-worth and why we think the way we do do you know like there's it's complex we can't get away from it's complex but like you said with shared with some of the practices and rituals it's just simplifying it down slowing isn't it to then right how do I tackle this thought right how do I celebrate that win and over time isn't it it's not like a flick a switch and suddenly it's all changed is it no no and like I said I'm still working on this like this how this doesn't mean that I don't ever berate myself or doubt myself or you know or give myself a hard time or neglect myself or any of those things I still do all of those and I know I know what I'm supposed to do and I do it a 
a heck of a lot more than I used to. You know, I came from a place of not not liking the person in the mirror, not believing in myself, not seeing I was worthy. I've come a long way on that journey, but I am still on that that journey. Like you said, like this doesn't this doesn't finish. Like we're always a work in progress. Yeah. Just to get on to some of the festive stuff, because mm. I do find um, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of December. Um and actually the same's true if you get, you know, think about summer holidays or Easter or Thanksgiving or insert any holiday here. There's like a um I don't know, I, I probably sit back and observe it, but I see this kind of pressure and expectation that society put on people that just makes folk busier, more overwhelmed, more stressed. So then suddenly all the stuff we've talked about putting ourselves up on the priority list we're at the bottom of it pretty quickly mm. we've got the gifts yeah. to buy we've got the you know I keep seeing this stuff about elf on the shelf and I don't have kids but you know don't think I'll ever be getting into that that seems like a lot of st- unnecessary stress um but even social plans and Christmas dues and all of that it just feels like a really intense period for a lot of people um and last year I did a bit of a festive advent calendar in our Facebook group and you came on and did a, an amazing meditation and chatted to the community. I think it's just like, how do we, how do we stop all of that noise and, and keep coming back to ourselves? Like what's your take on the kind of festive overwhelm and how it impacts our self-love? I think you said it there, it's turning down the noise mm. around so you know whatever that looks like for you like we can't control what anyone else is doing we can't control what anyone's sharing on social media nor would we want to but if that is triggering if that sends you into that that spiral of I've got to do more I've got to be more I've got to you know I should be doing this look at where you can limit it Mm. and I think come back to what is really important to you like you know often as parents we think we want to give and I'm, I'm going to talk directly to parents now uh, because I do see parents kind of take on like that, that overwhelm and that pressure of, of being more and doing more. And often we think, you know, we love our kids. We want to give them everything. But like we said at the beginning, when you are trying to give everything of you, you end up exhausted, frustrated, resentful like burnt out like all of those things because we're humans we're not machines Mm. so we have a limited capacity so thinking about how you can give your children what it is that you know that you want to what is it that you want to share what's most important to you you know if that's connection like thinking about how you can embrace that if it is like you know doing the fun things okay how can you make that fun but without the pressure Mm. yeah and when you look at something and you think oh you know maybe I should be doing that like that comparison thinking do I really want to do I really need to is that a priority you know just kind of pausing and thinking about it because you know we all do it we all look at these things and we think wow you know that looks amazing and they put it on Instagram and so it must be amazing and you know like and it's all shiny and everyone looks so happy and you know there's probably been a load of outtakes where people didn't look so happy but um you know I think really looking at it and coming back to it okay what is most important to me 
you know, and looking at where you can say no to the things that aren't important to you. Like boundaries is so important, at, you know, at every point, but particularly this time of year. You know, how nice to be able to get to Christmas and rather than feeling overwhelmed and overstretched and stressed out, actually being able to enjoy it. Because that's what the people around you will feel if you're feeling in that, you know, in that energy that I am enough. I've just got to be here with the people that I love. You know, and and I'm saying this because I've been I've been in that situation. I've been that parent. You know, I remember the first year that my son was born, he didn't have a clue what Christmas was. Yet I was still like, oh, he needs to have a stocking that I hand stitch. And he's got to have, you know, the gingerbread house that he's not even eating because, you know, he's less than six months old. You know, but I was like, I've got to make it perfect. Mm-hmm. And so looking at, okay, where, you know, what is the impact then on yourself if you're, you know, you're trying to live up to that? Mm-hmm. And then looking at how you can rein it back in. You know, looking at the things that, if there were things that you enjoyed in your childhood, that didn't involve Elf on the Shelf and, you know, and all the other things, yeah. how can you give them that? Because that's that's beautiful stuff as well. Mm. And just, was... oh, go on. You go, you go. I was just going to say, and just one more thing, you know, just looking at, um, you know, kind of on that, like, priority thing, like, looking, what's helpful for me when I'm feeling really overwhelmed is doing, like, a massive brain dump. Mm. Like, everything that's on my mental plate, get it all down on paper and then look at do I need to be doing all of this Mm. you know is there anything here that I could park is there anything here that I could ask for help for now and I'm I'm saying this as someone who really struggled with asking for help so you know anyone else out there listening to this I, I feel you and I see you but we're not meant to do everything on our own so looking at how you can ask for any help and support if you need it and then ask, looking at those things on that list that just really don't need to happen. Mm. You know, that you're putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. Yeah. The, that Just what you said about that list, I, and some people might have done this in a corporate setting. I, I've done this in, in leadership workshops before. It's like the four Ds. It's like, what, do I, what can I do now? What can I delegate? What can I delay? And what can I delete? Mm, yeah. Like, yeah and then almost like start with your brain dump and then put it into those four headings and categories and if it's stuff you're going to do get it in the diary like schedule it because that shows realistically how much time we've got to do stuff isn't it and if you've got no time in the diary then it's a delete or a delay or delegate it to someone else so yeah yeah, Yeah. really practical about it isn't it but going back to what you said about remembering what's really important I think is so important particularly when you think of Christmas and the how it's all bells and whistles now kind of vibe but it does come back to what is really important how do I want to enjoy my time and some there was a few things I wrote down was around like some people I feel like I think that that they've not got permission to do it it's like giving mm. yourself permission to say no to dropping something to you know to delegating and if you need someone to give you permission like take it from Danny and I like we're giving you the permission yeah you know, to do that stuff and to, to let it go 
and often and I ponder this quite a lot particularly in business for myself uh, when I'm feeling under pressure I I just ask myself like where's the pressure coming from and often I've put it on myself I've set myself Mm -hmm. a deadline which one of the benefits of working for yourself is you can move the deadline if you need to yeah and I think it's the same is true around that festive holiday time how much pressure well where does the pressure come from often society and what everyone else that comparison I think can be a real driver of the pressure but often we're just putting it on our own shoulders and we can pick it up and actually just put it down can't we yeah yeah definitely and just you know looking at those expectations that we put on ourselves and that's linked to that pressure isn't it you know what are we expecting of ourselves that we wouldn't expect of anyone else you know that we wouldn't we wouldn't expect them to be perfect in or to do everything in um and just carrying on from what we're talking about another one is around you know how can we make things easier for ourselves yeah you know like how can we cut some corners so that it gives us more time to enjoy the things that that we want you know like could it be as simple as if you take if you take like two hours out of your day to go and do the shop you know the like the food shop Mm -hmm. can you get a food delivery you know like most supermarkets do it cost you a little you know like two three pounds more if you book in your slot but that would then give you those two hours back. You know, if you're thinking, oh, we need to be making a gingerbread house. Okay. Could you get one that's already kind of part made that you can put together and you still get the joy of doing that? You know, like looking at those easier things because no one else is looking at you and thinking, you know, you've cut this corner because no one else has got that expectation. It all comes from us. Yeah. And it's probably linking the um I was thinking about you know a lot of people talk about time management but I actually think it's a bit about priority management isn't it so it's thinking like mm-hmm. what are the comes back to what you just said what's the most important thing so we we're happy to you know to designate time and energy finances emotions invested in that top priority but if stuff comes further down the priority list yeah we might still want to do it but like you say we might cut corners we might you know not fully commit to it we might buy something pre-made do you know yeah and I think where it comes back to the what's really important yeah and if you can answer that question then you can prioritize it in the right way and allocate the right sort of um investment you want to make in that thing yeah 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 it's it's that reminder we've we've got a choice like you know we we have and and often we don't we don't feel like we do because our brain has kind of kicked in and told us that we don't. Um, but yeah, looking at where we have those choices and, you know, like I'm, I'm not saying like if you've got a deadline at work that you can turn around to your boss and say, piss off, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, looking at where you've got options and choices in, in other areas of your life. Yeah. And I suppose that like with the choices linked to that, it's saying no, like you said earlier, but knowing what your boundaries are. And that's a muscle that only gets easier the more practice you do, isn't it? So the more you say no and reinforce your own boundaries, then the easier it, the easier it is to then say no in the future. I've had it this Christmas already. I was meant, you know, there's a few friends that were going out for a festive lunch and they were like, oh, well, we do a secret Santa. 
I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, you two can crack on if you want. I'm up tonight. I'm up tonight. I've got uh, two weddings this month and Christmas and everything else that's going on. Wow. I, yeah. don't, need to add in, I, mean, I don't need to add in a secret Santa yeah. with people. So I just, I just, without any, uh, you know, and I say this, I've, I've, I've seen no quite a lot of, to my, you know, to my own, I'm clear on what my own boundaries are, so it's a bit easier. But um, I suppose I've been working that muscle for a while, but I just turned around and was like, no, I'm absolutely not participating in this. If you want to crack on, but I'm up tonight. Um, and I've, you know, doesn't matter. I've take, it's like making the right choice for you in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. There's so much we've covered. I um, know, <laughs> and I knew, I knew it would be like that. And you, because you, it's the kind of topic I think when you get into it, it's so like I said earlier, there's so many layers to it, and how mm. everyone interprets it in their own life, with their own set of circumstances and their own background and experience. So it's all wildly different. Um, but I'm sure there's lots in that that will resonate with people, Danny. Before I let you go, if people are kind of thinking, right, I need to, you know, set the intention maybe with the new month or the new year of starting a bit of a self-love practice, what would be your top tips for folk getting started? So if I think about the things that have had the biggest impact for mm -hmm. me, it's around that awareness of what that inner voice is saying. Mm. You know, really starting to listen to it. And it can be it can be little things like, you know, if I think about when I used to make silly mistakes, I'd say to myself, oh, you're such an idiot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, which seems like nothing. And I'd say it, you know, I sometimes say it out loud. I just say it mentally. Oh, you're such an idiot. And if I'm saying that over and over again, if someone was saying that to you over and over again, you're going to start to believe it. And it would just be silly things, you know, like I'd, I'd dropped something or I'd forgotten something. And it's just noticing what that inner voice is saying and just seeing if you can, you know, catch yourself. And, you, and it's not going to be changed straight away. It's going to be catching yourself. It's going to be saying it and then going, oh, okay, no, what would be a kind of thing to say right now? Yeah. And then saying that to yourself. Because what that does is it helps to train your brain that you you actually want to think something differently, that you actually want to see yourself differently. So that would be my first one. And then the continuation of that is this evening routine that, that I have of, you know, what are you celebrating? And even if that doesn't resonate with you, it could be as simple as what went well today? Mm. You know, what went well today? And that can be anything big or small, you know, if you got the kids to school, if you did the washing, you know, if you went and did a presentation at work and you, you know, you were, you were terrified, but you did it, whatever that is, because the more that we can acknowledge ourselves for that and show ourselves that appreciation and celebrate ourselves, it doesn't have to be for anyone else. This isn't about anyone else. This is about building that belief and that love in ourselves. And we do that for ourselves. No one else can do it, which is a challenging thing, but also the exciting thing that we can do it ourselves. We don't need anyone else to do it. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, yeah, so powerful. And I would I'd echo that about the inner voice. And I think you're you were bang on 
and I talk about this with any change we're going to make, the awareness comes, but then we need to take the action. But I think with something like your inner inner voice, it's just listen out and start raising the level of awareness you've got about what it is you're saying so that you mm-hmm. then start, you know, shifting the, the like language that we're using or the words we're using. And yeah. And the follow-up action is so important, like you said there. So, you know, I use the example of calling myself an idiot and shifting that to something kinder. But actually, if you find yourself saying, you know, your internal voice is saying, I'm not good enough or I've got to be perfect or or whatever, you know, when you reframe that, it's then doing the actions to support it. Mm. So, you know, if your reframe of... I have to be perfect is now I'm, I'm focusing on my progress, not perfection. It's then actually doing the action that supports that. So when your perfectionist starts to kick in say, no, I've got to do more. I've got to do more. It's consciously stepping back and saying, no, I'm enough now. This is enough now. And celebrating the progress. And celebrating the progress. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, Danny, thank you so much. I knew we'd get into loads of of good chat around that topic. But yeah, hope that's been really useful for people. And thank you so much. Oh, pleasure. It's been wonderful. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. And make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again.